Good afternoon and welcome, welcome, welcome back to Five Go Off in a Caravan. And here is chapter four. Chapter four. Away they go. The caravans went slowly down the wide road. Julian was so happy that he sang at the top of his voice and the others joined in the choruses. Timmy barked excitedly. He was sitting on one side of George and as Anne was on the other, George was decidedly squashed. <laughs> but little things like that did not bother her at all. Dobby plodded on slowly, enjoying the sunshine and the little breeze that raised the hairs on his mane. Trotter followed at a short distance. He was very much interested in Timmy and always turned his head when the dog barked or got down for a run. It was fun to have two horses and a dog to travel with. It had been decided that they should make their way towards the hills where they hoped to find the circus. Julian had traced the place on his map. He was sure it must be right because of the lake that lay in the valley at the foot of the hills. See, he said to the others, pointing, there it is, Lake Merron. I bet we'll find the circus camp somewhere near it. It will be a very good place for all their animals. No one to interfere with the camp. Plenty of water for both animals and men and probably good farms to supply them with food. We'll have to find a good farm ourselves tonight, said Dick, and ask permission to camp. Lucky we've got that little book telling us where to go and ask. <gasps> and thought with delight of the coming evening when they would stop and camp, cook a meal, drowse over a campfire and then go to sleep in their little bunks. She didn't know which was nicer, ambling along down country lanes with the caravans or preparing to settle in for the night. She was sure it was going to be the nicest holiday they had ever had. Don't you think so, she asked George as they sat together on the driving seat, with Timmy for once trotting beside the caravan and leaving them with a little more room than usual. You know, most of our holes have been packed with adventures and that's awfully exciting, I know, but I'd like an ordinary holiday now, wouldn't you? Not too exciting. Oh, I like adventures, said George, shaking the reins and making Trotter do a little trot. I wouldn't a bit mind having another one. But we shan't this time, Anne, no such luck. They stopped for a meal at half past twelve, all of them feeling very hungry. Dobby and Trotter moved towards a ditch in which long, juicy grass grew and munched away happily. The children lay on a sunny bank and ate and drank. Anne looked at George. You've got more freckles these holidays, George, than you have ever had in your life before. Oh, that doesn't worry me, said George, who never cared in the least how she looked and was even angry with her hair for being too curly and making her look too much like a girl. <laughs> Pass the sandwiches, Anne. Oh, the tomato ones. Oh, if we always feel as hungry as this, we'll have to buy eggs and bacon and butter and milk at every farm we pass. They set off again. Dick took his turn at driving Dobby, and Julian walked to stretch his legs. 
George still wanted to drive, but Anne felt too sleepy to sit beside her with safety. If I shut my eyes and asleep, I shall fall off the seat, she said. I'd better go into the caravan and sleep there. So in she went, all by herself. It was cool and dim inside the caravan, for all the curtains had been pulled across the window to keep the inside cool. Anne climbed onto one of the bunks and lay down. She shut her eyes. The caravan rumbled slowly on, and the little girl fell asleep. Julian peeped in at her and grinned. Timmy came and looked too, but Julian wouldn't let him go in and wake Anne by licking her. You come and walk with me, Tim, he said. You're getting fat. Exercise will do you good. He's not getting fat, called George indignantly. He's a very nice shape. Don't you listen to him, Timmy. Woof, said Timmy and trotted along at Julian's heels. The two caravans covered quite a good distance that day, even though they went slowly. Julian did not miss the way once. He was very good at map reading. Anne was disappointed that they could not see the hills they were making for at the end of the day. Oh, goodness, they're miles and miles away, said Julian. We shan't arrive for at least four or five days, silly. Now, look out for a farm, kids. There shall be one near here where we can ask permission to camp for the night. Mm, there's one, surely, said George after a few minutes. She pointed to where a red-roofed building with moss-covered barns stood glowing in the evening sun. Hens clucked about it, and a dog or two watched them from a gateway. Ah, uh, yes, that's the one, said Julian, examining his map. Longman's farm. There should be a stream near it. There it is. Look, in that field. Now, if we could get permission to camp just here, it would be lovely. Julian went to the farm to see the farmer and Anne went with him to ask for eggs. The farmer was not there, but the farmer's wife, who liked the look of the tall, polite Julian very much, gave them permission at once to spend the night in the field by the stream. Now, I know you won't leave a lot of litter, or go chasing the farm animals, she said, or leave the gates open like some campers do. And what's that do you want, Missy? Some new laid eggs? Yes, of course you can have some. And you can pick the right plums off that tree too to go with your supper. There was bacon in the larder of the caravans, and Anne said that she would fry that and an egg each for everyone. She was very proud of being able to cook them. She had taken a few lessons from Cook in the last few days and was very anxious to show the others what she had learnt. Julian said it was too hot to cook in the caravan and he built her a fine fire in the field. Dick set the two horses free and they wandered off to the stream where they stood knee-high in the cool water, enjoying it immensely. Trotter muzzled against Dobby and then tried to nuzzle down to Timmy too, when the pig dog came to drink beside him. Oh, doesn't the bacon smell lovely, called Anne to George, who was, getting busy, who was busy getting plates and mugs out of the red caravan. Let's have ginger beer to drink, George. I'm really thirsty. Watch me crack these eggs on the edge of this cup, everybody, so that I can get the yolk and white and fry them. Crack. The egg broke against the edge of the cup. But its contents 
unfortunately fell outside the cup instead of inside <laughs> and went red when everyone roared with laughter. Timmy came and licked up the mess. He was very useful for that sort of thing. You'd make a good dustbin, Timmy, said Anne. Here's a bit of bacon rind too. Catch! Anne fried the bacon and eggs really well. The others were most admiring, even George, and they all cleared their plates well, wiping the last bit of fat off with bread so that they would be easy to wash. Do you think Timmy would like me to fry him a few dog biscuits instead of having them cold? said Anne suddenly. Fried things are so nice. I'm sure Timmy would like fried biscuits better than ordinary ones. Well, he wouldn't, said George. They would just make him sick. How do you know, said Anne. You can't possibly tell. I always know what Timmy would really like and what he wouldn't, said George. And he wouldn't like his biscuits fried. Oh, pass those plums, Dick. They look lovely. <coughs> Dear me, I do apologise. They lingered over the little campfire for a long time and then Julian said it was time for bed. Nobody minded because they all wanted to try sleeping on the comfortable-looking bunks. Shall I wash at the stream or in the little sink where I washed the plates? said Anne. I don't know which would be nicer. Well, there's more water to spare in the stream, said Julian. Hurry up, won't you, because I want to lock your caravan door so that you'll be safe. Lock our door, said George indignantly. You jolly well won't. Nobody's going to lock me in. I might think I'd like to take a walk in the moonlight or something. Yes, but a tramp or somebody might, began Julian. George interrupted him scornfully. What about Timmy? You know jolly well he'll never let anyone come near our caravans, let alone into them. I won't be locked in, Julian. I couldn't bear it. Timmy's better than any locked door. Well, I suppose he is, said Julian. All right. Don't look so furious, George. Walk half the night in moonlight if you want to, although there won't be any moon tonight, I'm sure. I'm sleepy. I don't know about you. They climbed into the two caravans after washing in the stream. They all undressed and got into the inviting bunks. There was a sheet, one blanket and a rug, but all the children threw off both blanket and rug and kept only a sheet over them that hot night. At first, Anne tried sleeping in the lower bunk beneath George, but Timmy would try, keep on trying to clamber up to get to George. He wanted to lie on her feet as usual, and Anne got cross. George! You'd better change places with me. Timmy keeps jumping on me and walking all over me, trying to get up to your bunk. I'll never get to sleep. So George changed places, and after that, Timmy made no more noise, but lay contentedly at the end of George's bunk on the rolled-up blanket, while Anne lay in the, bank, the bunk above, trying not to go to sleep, because it was such a lovely feeling to be inside a caravan that stood by a stream in a field. Owls hooted to one another and Timothy growled softly. The voice of the stream, contented and babbling, could be quite clearly heard now that everyone was so quiet. Anne felt her eyes closing. Oh dear, she would simply have to go to sleep. 
But something suddenly awoke her with a jump and Timmy barked so loudly that both Anne and George almost fell out of their bunks in fright. Something bumped violently against the caravan and shook it from end to end. Was somebody trying to get in? Timmy leapt to the floor and ran to the door, which George had left open a little bit because of the heat. Then the voices of Dick and Julian were heard. What's up? Are you girls all right? We're coming. And over the wet grass raised the two boys in their dressing gowns. Julian ran straight into something hard and warm and solid. He yelled. Dick switched on his torch and began to laugh helplessly. You ran straight into Dobby. Look at him staring at you. He must have lumbered all around our caravans, making the bumps we heard. It's all right, girls, it's only Dobby. So back they all went to sleep. And this time they slept till the morning, not even stirring when Trotter too came to nuzzle around the caravan and snort softly in the night. How scary. <laughs> Imagine having a big horse um, bump into your caravan and scare you. Right. Well, now, that, 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 that is uh, chapter four. So tomorrow we'll be on chapter five and see whether they actually make their way right up to Merrin Lake. Whoa, so exciting. I would love to be there. Um, anyway, anyway, um, I will see you all again tomorrow with chapter five. <laughs> so until then, have a great day, but take care and stay safe. OK, I'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye for.